but welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, you know, <clears throat> today we're going to continue in this series that we've started called Us in Mind, and we wanted to talk about singleness today because, you know what, it is Super Bowl Sunday, but Valentine's Day is only two days away. So I thought I would start us off with a few pickup lines. <laughs> but not just any pickup lines. They are Christian pickup lines, okay? <clears throat> so uh, single friends, <laughs> get your notes out in your pen. Ready? Open that note app on your phone. And if you are watching online, we're so glad you're here. You're going to need your cheese dip for this one because they're cheesy. All right. You ready? All right, here goes. First one is, I'm not usually, I'm usually not prophetic, but I can see us together. Yep, I know, I told you. Last night, I was reading the book of Numbers and realized I don't have yours. How many times... Do I have to walk around you to make you fall for me? You can thank Jericho for that one. Here, last one. Is your name Faith? Because you're the substance of things I've hoped for. Well, you're welcome. I hope you wrote some of them down. <laughs> but, and I have one more. In, in honor of Super Bowl Sunday... I want to know what team you're rooting for. Type it in the comments if you're watching online. If you are in the room, who you got? How many Chiefs cheerleaders do we have in the room today? Okay, yeah, me too, me too. It's the minority of us. How many Eagles? How many will be cheering for the Eagles? Okay, a little bit more. How many are just there for the commercials and the food? <laughs> How many are just looking forward to enjoying maybe uh, shopping at Costco because it'll be quiet because no one will be out? <laughs> Okay, I see you. Um, and go ahead and type it in the comments, whoever your team is. I'm so glad. But this is my football pickup line, and I, I couldn't come up with clean ones, so this is the only clean one I came up with. Um, excuse me, are you an eligible receiver for my phone number? <laughs> there you go. Um, but hopefully... Hopefully, you'll never have to endure this again, okay? Um, thank you for putting up with that. Um, but hello, my name is Ilsian, and I get to co-lead this beautiful faith community that we call Evergreen, along with my husband, Carlos, and a wonderful team of pastors and leaders. And we're so glad that you're joining us today. So thank you. Whether you're here in person or online, we're glad you're here. But today, I want to share with you a little part of my story. Every time I'm up here, I get to share just another little part of my story. And today I want to share this part. At 29 years old, I didn't choose to be single. But the guy I had been dating for two years who had talked to my bestie about how he was going to propose to me decided instead to tell me in front of my favorite taco place with handmade tortillas out of all places, that he couldn't marry me. The heartbreak was enormous. 
And I felt like I was living out the first part of Proverbs 13, 12, where it says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that's really what I felt. It took a while for me to heal and get over the heartbreak. But, you know, for seven years, I would be in this season of unwanted singleness. And during this time, I would surrender my desire of wanting to get married to the Lord. I'd be like, okay, Jesus, I surrender this desire. I give it to I lay it down at the cross, Lord. I don't want it. It's your will. And, Lord, if you're going to call me to a life of singleness, all right, amen. Let it be your will. Lord, I trust you, Jesus. And then I would feel lonely and watch too many rom-coms. And decide, I don't want to surrender this desire, Lord. Please deliver me from my singleness. Right? It was this back and forth. So two years um, into this singleness journey, I uh, started swiping left and right. Yes, these are confessions of a pastor. Aren't you glad you came? See, I tried, um, I tried a lot of dating apps. I started with eHarmony, because that's the Christian one and the one that people recommended, all right? And then I did Christian Mingle, and I did Coffee Meets Bagel, and even Tinder. Can you tell I was getting desperate? It was bad. But, you know, I quickly learned that only because someone's profile says they're Christian doesn't mean that they're living out their faith. And so... There was countless first dates and well-meaning brothers and sisters at the church wanting to set me up with their nephews and sons, et cetera, et cetera. I appreciated it all. Um, And then there was this self-imposed pressure to find the one instead of becoming the one. And see, there, there are people who are content to be single, and feel called to this, and they don't long to marry. Apparently, I'm not one of those. I wasn't one of those. And in preparing for this message, I decided, because it's been about six years since I lived this singleness journey, that I would get insight, firsthand knowledge from my friends. So I got on Instagram, and I asked my friends, I want you to share with me, what are some of the thoughts that you struggle with the most. And so I'm going to share some of those with you today. And the first one is, one of them said, I'm late to the marriage game, or I'm late to the parent game. Another one said, I'm 25 and still super single. And I was like, try 35 and still super duper single, okay? I feel you, plus 10 years, you know? Others said, what am I doing wrong? No one would ever want to date or marry me. Am I not lovable enough, interesting, pretty enough, attractive or successful enough? Is there something wrong with me? Or I won't ever be ready, or maybe I won't be capable of marriage. And the one that came up repeatedly was, I'm not good enough. And I want to say thank you if you were one of the people that shared with me. I appreciate that. But I wanted to to share this thought before we dive deep into the message. And I want 
to speak to this repeated thought of I'm not good enough. Because the reality is not only single people struggle with that, we all struggle with that thought. And what I want to say to you is when that thought comes, I want you to look at the cross and know that on your own, you're not good enough. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's why we need to depend and trust in God. See, Jesus died on the cross so that through him and in him, we would become all that he has created us to be. And it's not in our own strength. It's not in your own strength. It's not in your own ability. But the word of God says that it is through his Holy Spirit. It is by his spirit. And it's his Holy Spirit that will lead us to all truth. His Holy Spirit is your helper. And I want to say this. You don't need anyone to complete you. In Christ, you are whole. So now I want to invite you to go into Matthew chapter 19, verses 10 through 12. So if you have your Bible, you can open it up. You can open your Bible app on your phone, or you can look at the screen. It'll be there. But in verse 10, it starts like this. It says, Jesus' disciples then said to him, if this is the case, it is better not to marry And then Jesus responds, not everyone can accept this statement, only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs, some have been made eunuchs by others, and some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. So I see after Jesus talks to talks to them about divorce not being God's plan. He shares this with his disciples. The men who followed Jesus, who did life with Jesus, they they respond, wait, if that's the case, it's better not to marry. What they were saying is, if there's no way out of marriage, single life it is. The disciples probably looked at all the single ladies and said, bye, 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 right? They're like, uh-uh, I don't know if I want this. Thank you, Beyonce. Anyway, Jesus was reminding them that marriage was God's design at creation. And see, I love that Jesus neither affirms nor denies this statement, but he goes on to say not everyone can receive this. Only those who God helps. So one of the questions that I had when I was first reading chapter, uh, verse 12, was, well, what exactly is a eunuch? And so after some digging, I learned that biblical eunuchs were those incapable of reproduction due to a birth defect. And that is why Jesus says some are born eunuchs. Others served in royal households, and so they would enter into a service. They they were castrated to enter into service. That is some commitment right there. And yet other eunuchs um, chose not to marry for kingdom purposes. And see, um, these, these 
to me were the unmarried people, the, the single people. And according to what Jesus says here, singleness is a gift and a choice. And I want you to know this, that being single is a nothing to be sad or sorry about. Because Jesus, God, blesses those who remain single. And we see it in Isaiah 56, verses 3 to 5. And it says this, don't let um, the eunuch say, I'm dried up. I'm a dried up tree with no children and no future. For this is what the Lord says, I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, days, holy, and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. See, to me, that blessing is exceptional, especially in the context of the law, which excluded eunuchs from worshiping with God's people. And Jewish literature in this century shows that rabbis unanimously taught that it was every Israelite's duty to marry and have children. So see, it's in the context of this culture and the pressure of marriage that Jesus makes this invitation about singleness. He says, hey, not everyone can receive this. Only the ones that can accept it with God's help. And so I want to point out that word, this, this word receive or accept in the Greek. It's this word, choreo. <laughs> I have to like really work on that. Choreo which means to make room or leave space. And so Jesus says not everyone can accept this statement, only those who God helps. So Jesus made room for singles in this passage, and he says it's not for everyone. But in your singleness, you have God's help. You can count on his help. And see, my my question to you is this. For those of you that find yourself single or single again, is can you make space for singleness in your life? Whether it's wanted or not. And I want you to hear this and know this. Don't let a waiting season become a wasted season. Just because it's not what you had in mind doesn't mean that God can't use it for his glory. And see, those who God helps are the ones that can make room for singleness. So maybe like me, you used to say, God help me, right? When I was single, I was like, Lord, have mercy. Did you know that nearly 50% of U.S. adults, according to the latest census, are single? That's a huge number. So church, this tells us that making room for singles is important. Es muy importante. I'm saying it in a different language because I want you to understand. It's so important. And so I'm grateful for the context of these verses and the placement. 
Because at the very beginning of the chapter, Jesus starts by answering a question about divorce from the Pharisees. But then he goes on to speak, and he speaks on marriage. And then right after marriage, he talks about singleness. But right after that, he speaks about children. So it's marriage, singleness, and children right next to each other. And I think that's an important observation. And what I draw from that is that marriage is a gift. Children are a gift. But singleness, too, again, is a gift. And see, a gift, it's not a tragedy, and it's not a curse. It is a gift. And I like that they're next to each other, like I said, because together they are to be lived out in community. See, we ought to be intentional about community because we are one body. We are the body of Christ. And we all make up his body. And I remember when I was growing up, particularly in my teen years and in my young adult years, in my early 20s, I was not surrounded by healthy marriages or God-honoring marriages. Marital infidelity was a common occurrence. So the majority of what I witnessed from the community that I grew up in were marriages that convinced me that marriage was not a good choice for me. I was like, if this is what married life is about, no thank you, no gracias. I want nothing to do with it. And it wasn't until like my mid or, yeah, mid 2026, I was like, finally able to witness a healthy marriage or healthy marriages around me. You know, and they weren't perfect marriages. Um, They were just present and faithful in the way that they loved each other and honored Jesus. And seeing that really helped me learn a different perspective about marriage. So seeing marrieds, Our single people need you as part of their community. And singles, you need community to help you in your singleness. So how can we as married people include our single friends in our social lives? That's a question that I want you to think through this week. Because they can be more than your babysitters and your house sitters. They can join you at the table. They can join us at the table. Because community matters because it influences how you live. Your community will influence how you live. And I don't know what your personal struggles are in your singleness, for those of you that are single, but 1 Corinthians 7 One of the things the author of this letter, Paul, brings up is sexual temptation. And he talks about, and see, and for me, when I was single in my 30s, that was a very real struggle. So much so that I joined a group called Celebrate Recovery. It's like an AA group, um, but it's Christ-centered, and it has different addictions that you can join a group and be a part of and help you through your struggle. And I also was part of a young adult group because the more I tried to hide my sexual struggle and fight it alone, the deeper I fell into sin. 
And to quote Greg Rochelle, he says, you don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. And see, I desired, my desire was to live a life that was free from sexual sin and from hiding and shame. But I couldn't do it alone. And Christian community really helped me to walk in freedom from this sin. And for the glory of God, I was able to, for a whole decade, before the, the, right before the day that I met, um, uh, that I said I do to my boo on her wedding day, I was so grateful to be able to have a community that I could be open and transparent with and share my struggle. And man, when I said I do to my boo on my wedding day, I was like, yes, guilt-free sex for the win. Like, it was amazing. And see, sex within the context of marriage is a gift that provides and it's the intimacy that your heart craves. Some of the young kids are still trying to get through that one. Sorry, guys. See, but outside of it, outside of marriage, sex is destructive. And I'm so grateful that God helped me walk through Freedom, using my community to help me stay free. And so, who can you call or text when your God-given sex drive wants to be the one to drive you instead of his Holy Spirit? Because the truth is, if you're not fulfilled in your singleness, then your marriage will disappoint you. So what has God called you to? Serve him. Do what he has called you to do. Don't wait. Do it now. Now is a good time. And the second part of the proverb, Proverbs 13, 12, after we read hope deferred makes the heart sick, is this, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. And I want to say uh, to the unmarried people in the room and joining us online, what my good friend and pastor told me when I was single. If your desire is to be married, then trust God to fulfill that desire. Because his word says that when we delight ourselves in him, he is able to fulfill those desires. See, God knows the desires that are deep within your heart, and he is the only one that can fulfill them. So never give up hope. See, when we allow the thoughts, when you allow the thoughts that culture has spoken, that, it, that culture is so loud about, shown through media, when we allow those thoughts to dominate our, our thinking, you will be robbed of hope. So I want to speak these truths that are found in the word of God that can help you renew your thoughts. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what they see? 
There is a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. May the Lord of hope fill you with all joy. Be joyful in hope, patient in trouble, and steadfast in prayer. Put your hope in his unfailing love. He's the one that will not abandon you. God is the one that will remain faithful. God is the one that can be trusted. God is the one that never fails. So I want you to put your hope in him, not in marriage. Let's not make marriage an idol. Not in any other person, but Christ alone. May your hope be found in Christ. May he be what we just sang, his, our firm foundation. The one that we decide to build our lives on. So I want to encourage you, don't miss out on the beauty of your single season. Because you're so preoccupied about wanting that next thing. I want to invite you to close your eyes right where you are and just to take some time and ask his Holy Spirit what is he saying to you? Lord, would you speak? Would you encourage? Lord, you know the hearts and the thoughts. That we're influenced by. And Lord, I pray that we would decide to, to build and remain in your truth and in your word. The word says that the hope that is placed in Jesus will not disappoint. So Lord, I pray that we would learn to place our hope in you. And Lord, I pray for your grace in this season. That we would be able to trust. That we would be able to have hope in you. The one that is able. The one that has loved us first. And Lord, I pray for those of us in the room that are, that are married, that you would help us to think of our single friends and invite them into our community and fellowship. And Lord, I pray for those that maybe are single again who are needing your help in this season, that you would be a comfort, that you would be their present help in time of need. Lord, I pray that our hope would be in you. And with everybody's eyes closed, I want to ask you if you're in the room and maybe you've not opened your heart to believe in Jesus or you've not put your faith in Jesus where you're in the room or watching online, if you want to make that decision today to make Jesus the one that you put your faith in, the one that you hope in, and you've not done that, and today you want to make that decision, I want to encourage you. He, he loves you. He died for you on the third day. He rose again so that you would have 
eternal life and hope in him so that you would know forgiveness of sins. So if that's you and today you want to place your faith in Jesus with everybody's eyes closed, I want you to look up at me so that I can agree with you that you are making that decision today right where you are. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we're so grateful for you, for your love, for your mercy, for your faithfulness. Thank you that you make a way. Lord, we love you. And Lord, we ask for your hope to fill our lives. May the God of hope fill us with joy in this season. Amen.